the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. And we have uh, our old friend, uh, Dr. Ted Malik. He has been gone for a few weeks. He had bronchitis is what he told me. And so he'll be with us today. We finally catch up with him. He's got a new column um, that he ran over at One America News. One America News is where it ran. Um, they have a commentary page and um, it's called More Risky Business. And he looks at the World Economic Forum's list of the top 10 risks in the world. And he points out that eight out of 10 are related to climate change, which sounds like they're being a little hysterical about the old climate change. We'll also catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly has a point he wants to make, and that is that uh, Trump and uh, is taking on the globalists, and the globalists are on the march again. You're seeing it all over the place, and so John Schlafly will be with us to catch us up on things. All right, I, I had hoped I would grab my friend Todd Benzman, but he is tied up. Uh, he's got the new book, Overrun, um, that's out, uh, Post Hill Press. He's uh, all over the place because... Uh, just in the last 48 hours, uh, there has been a major, major victory in the fight against Joe Biden's border policies, because some of the policies actually just seem plain illegal. They go against the law, the open borders that we've got. So they, a federal judge down in Florida has um, issued a 100, uh, more than 100 page opinion, uh, Judge Weatherell, Weatherell. Kent Weatherall saying that the Biden's catch and release policy is unlawful. And here's where it gets interesting. He gave them seven days to comply with federal law. He gave them seven days to figure out how to get the federal law right. And so what happened is the um, this was in, in federal court down in Florida, brought by the attorney general of Florida and basically uh, pointing out that their policies, the policies that the Biden administration had were against what they were doing was against the law. What they were doing was actually problematic against the law because they were breaking the law that had been passed and signed, albeit by the previous uh, president. But you don't get to move away from that. You don't get to just ignore it. You are, are stuck with it. You know, you're actually uh, stuck with it until you can change the law, until you can change the law. And Joe Biden actually had uh, two full years with his own House and Senate. He could have done that. He could have done that. And so catch and release, of course, is a situation where the Biden administration basically decided instead of um, forcing people to remain in there in the country either of origin or in this case, Mexico, he said, we'll apprehend them and then we'll release them into America. And so thousands and thousands per week, hundreds of thousands per month and millions over the last few years have been released and they never come back. It's a catch and release. The, the problem is you, you got one level. You have people, they say, oh, this is good. We'll get them actually under. We'll get their name and address and their phone number and all that, except they don't have an address that's valid. They don't necessarily give you a real phone number. And more importantly, we know for a fact that once the system 
once they're entered into the system, they don't show up. You know, in other words, you come back in 90 days for a deportation hearing. That's what they tell these people. They tell these single adult illegal immigrants that they should come back and they never do. I mean, they never. Very, very small percentage do. I don't want to be totally unfair. Depending on who you listen to, 10 to 20%, some people say 30% actually come back and go through the system. So that's what the Biden administration did unilaterally. They said, we're going to do catch and release because we just want to get everybody in. And what the uh, uh, attorney general of Florida, Moody, her name is Ashley Moody did, was sued and said, wait a second, that's not what the law says. The law says you have to have a system and sends these people back. And she presented lots and lots of evidence. In fact, uh, one of the pieces of evidence that was proposed was a video uh, that was showing people coming across the border and exactly what was happening. So, again, here's the problem I have. It's a good ruling. It's an important ruling. It's the right ruling, in my opinion. It will be appealed now. But, you know, most people don't even notice. If you're not listening to this program or following Todd Bensman, it doesn't feel like it's getting a lot of attention. In fact, I'm not complaining because I wanted to see the attention put onto it. But the January 6th defendants and the prisoners and all that's gone on have gotten most of the attention this week. And this major, major decision, and the decision came down on, uh, it came down on Thursday morning, a Thursday midday, got very little attention, very little attention. And that's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that we have millions and millions of people coming into this country illegally. We're not controlling who they are. We're not controlling what they're doing when they get here. We're not controlling for what our preference would be. If you want to, uh, if you want to admit a certain number of people, can we talk about who we want to admit? I mean, have you heard me say I'm for a pause, a complete pause for a while? I don't know. I, I probably, uh, if you push me on it, I'd probably say for 10 years, but I, I at least a pause for a few years. And get a grip on what we're going to do and then decide how many people you want to let in. But right now we have millions coming in. So it's a big victory. It's a very cool thing that happened. And I think it will be a positive development. But we have to, at this point, hope, we have to hope that A, it's something uh, that it doesn't get appe- uh, that it doesn't get reversed on appeal. It feels like it may get reversed on the on the way up and have to keep going up to the Supreme Court or go up to higher courts. Uh, but no matter what, we have to hope that more people get attention on this ruling and more people realize that it's that the lawless policy of the Biden administration that's going against current law has been struck down and it must be changed. And as you know, it's not, it goes before this House and Senate. It's not going to pass anyway. It's not going to you're not going to change the law. So they have to change what they're doing. And, you know, at, one of the things that is making me crazy is how often the law will say one thing and the administration and will do another. And but let me be clear, that's happened with Republicans too. It's not one party that has that uh, the, the monopoly on that. So this is a big deal. This is a big ruling. Congratulations to Attorney General Ashley Moody. I think some other states may have joined it, but this was in the Northern District of Florida, so she was the lead uh, attorney on it. And this this ruling, which I'll put up on social media, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's really what we needed. It's what we need to see. 109 pages. I said over 100, 109 pages. And, uh, and now seven days to, uh, to change your, to change to, to for the Biden administration to change their policies, to adjust their uh, policies 
and uh, to try to get right with the law. Now, I, I actually don't think that they care. I, I don't think the Biden administration cares. I don't think that they'll do much at all to move uh, and to to get uh, in line. But we'll find out and we'll find out. And at least they'll at this point, they'll be defying a federal judge, not just defying the law, which many of us thought, and us talking about it. They'll actually be in conflict with the federal law and have to deal with it. So it's a it's a positive development, and we'll hear from Todd Benzman uh, probably early next week on what it all means and how it's going to play out. He had another trip down to the border. He's got a piece over at uh, Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org, about his visit to the border and what he saw. Uh, it's pretty striking, pretty striking stuff. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got a lot more. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with Ted Malik. Ted Malik has got a piece up. Uh, well, and, and interesting, we've been talking, he and I have been talking about this off the air, uh, about different places to get your voices up and heard. One America News, uh, OANN.com, has commentary that they've been promoting. I've noticed it. Ted's got his piece up over there. Of course, Ted Malik is a international businessman, has also been a professor, uh, taught at everywhere, uh, Yale, uh, Oxford, um, and also, of course, has been... Uh, a writer, written uh, scores of books and essays, and uh, was an advisor to the Trump campaign. And uh, just, uh, well, he was a Sherpa, too. He, he likes saying that. He was a Sherpa, a, a, a Davos Sherpa for a while, way back in his youth. So welcome back, Ted. How are you? I'm good. I have bronchitis, so I hope you can understand what I'm saying. Well, it sounds okay now, but the, the title of this column is interesting to me. Uh, more risky business. And of course, doing being Ted Malik, you referenced the risky business, the movie. You've always got some cultural touchstones in here, the 1983 comedy. But let me ask you a broad question first, Ted. You've been an observer, a teacher, and a participant in entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, entrepreneurship. It, you know, you talk about risky business. It feels like more people are, uh, more people are risk averse than ever before, meaning you just are sort of holding back because you're uncertain. Am I overfeeling that because it's somehow uh, the modern era of social media, or is that real? Well, it's a two-sided thing. Uh, you know, statistically, you're wrong. There are more companies being started, more <laughs> money flowing into venture capital, right. you know, more people dropping out of big companies and trying to do their own thing, a gig economy and everything else. So that's the one side of the reality. The other side is the present economic uh, tailspin we find ourselves in with, with, you know, with recession and unbelievable inflation. You know, people are more risk averse. I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> you yeah. sit on your hands. You don't make those bigger decisions. You don't necessarily take that leap or that jump. So both sides of that equation, I, I think uh, you can perceive. Okay, so now we're looking at your piece here. Um, a risky business. Uh, the, you you hone in on the uh the globalist uh, WEF ranks for the top ten risks. Now again, uh, Ted Malik, our guest, been somebody who would have both the uh, academic uh experience analysis of what risks have been taken in the past and done it himself as a businessman. What what jumped out at you about their their top ten risks? I, I mean, I you you make it into a uh, almost like a comedic thing because it is. But tell, walk us through this. Yeah, no, I don't mean to be, you know, just comedic about it. It's it's a dead serious and dead wrong. So uh, I would say there is no debate. First of all, it's just a partisan ideology, and this 
WEF World Economic Forum risk report. I do, I do know a little bit about the World Economic Forum. Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they have five findings, which are, are really very, very, very frightening. And I, I, um, you know, I basically spell them out in their own words. And then I go on to say, you know, if you want to get depressed quickly, read this stuff <laughs> because it, it leads to woke ESG kind of activity. And, um, I would say, uh, not only is it monocausal, i.e. everything revolves around climate change, uh, but it is a recipe for globalist pipe dream for unilateral undemocratic action, curtailment of freedoms, all forms of socialism, and a dictatorial one-world government. That should scare you. Yeah, <laughs> that has a lot of it. Now, looking at these top 10 risks you point out, um, is it is it eight out of ten or seven out yeah, of ten? No, eight out of ten are just all, all climate change. They're all yeah, green. All all, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, just it, it's such yeah. an existential threat. I feel it you know, almost by the hour. <laughs> well, so I, they came up with a new term though to yeah. describe this, which is always nice because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the language and its evolution and how it's taken over by the left. Right. But they have a new term. Things are so bad at with this great reset. Uh, and there's so much to overcome in, in this climate uh, catastrophe. I call it ecocide. Uh, the new term is polycrisis. I saw that. Now, is that their term they came up with? Yes, yes, it's their term. You need a new term. You need new vocabulary. Come on. This is their minted term. Present and future risks, which can interact with each other to form a polycruster. Polycrisis, a cluster of related global risks with compounding efforts such that the overall impact exceeds the sum of each part. Wow. I call it the cluster F. <laughs> well, you were not allowed. It's a family, it's a family show, Ted. We're not going to do that now. Um, so polycrisis is the new term. The only good news is it gives me a chance to point out to my children, you know, the roots of the words, you know, poly multi, you know, monotheism, polytheism. We can have a nice time right. of teaching, but, but this is, um, now, but back for one second. I'm looking at your column again. We're talking Ted Malik and, uh, and over at one America news, oan.com. I will post this up on the social media. More risky business is commentary column. But the top 10 global risks, top 10 global risks, WF, as you point out, eight out of 10 are climate change. And so you're talking about failure to mitigate climate change. That's number four. Failure to failure of climate change adaptation. Number five, natural disasters and extreme weather events. Number six, biodiversity loss and ecosystem collapse is number seven. Every one of these is it's almost like the same thing. It's just uh, uh, climate crisis, climate crisis, climate crisis. Now, Ted, in your long experience of politics, of world economies, what the heck is going on here? I mean, is this? Well, this is this is a play for power. I mean, we, we see it in the Biden administration, but we see it particularly in the globalist community. We want to give all control over to the extraterrestrials. John Kerry. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he gets all of all of our power. We've been told this thing. Uh, this story since at least Thomas Malthus in the early 19th century. Again and again, Paul Ehrlich's Population Bomb, 1968, Al Gore's Untruths. Uh, it goes on and on. This is pseudoscience. It's calamitous thinking, and it's a one-trick pony. And it should be exposed. We should put it to rest for what it is. False science, absurd analysis, based on bad assumptions, leading to desperate and apocalyptic uh, uh, recommendations. It seems to me, Ted, that the, um, that the, uh, 
I, I don't know if this is true, but a lot of these other things we're worrying about, and, and they're worth worrying about. I mean, world war and nuclear war over. No, 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 World War Three. Well, I would worry about that. Yeah, yeah, but but this but this this hoax, this hoax is bigger than any of them. I mean, the the because it, it's it's sucking in so many people and so many industries. I mean, I I mean the ESG hoax. You know, focusing on, focusing on every you know uh, possible parsable aspect of a human being you know race gender whatever whatever but that's bad enough and it has an economic impact but this is we have economies shifting over this hoax and i don't know can we stop it yeah i mean we we, we sure better stop it or all aspects of our life will be taken over i mean the cultist schwabians carl schwab heading the wf are sipping their schnapps in the Alpine Mountains of Davos, uh, and they're laughing. I think they need to study the Bible, frankly. If they want to prognosticate, I say, seriously about risk and how to ultimately overcome it, maybe they should refer to the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the <laughs> real, the real dangers. Again, again, you're educating the people as you're uh, talking about these things, because I think people... Well, you know, knew it was chapter six that I was referring to. <laughs> of right? course, of course, of course. And uh, and I knew I knew them all, but I think you're right, exactly right. All right, uh, Ted Malik, as always, entertaining. Do you... What's coming next, though? What's coming what's next? What's coming next? I'm, next? I'm yes. working on it. It's called Our Own Failed States. You know about this theory in international relations about failed states? Yes. We got our own. One of our own 50, you mean? Well, actually, probably more than than a couple in the 50, but one stands out. All right. Well, that's good. That means he's got his guns. Ted Malik's got his guns sighted on uh, one of the uh, one of our states. That'll be fun. All right, Ted Malik, as always, thank you very much, and we will uh, put up on social media uh, the link to this One America News. Appreciate those uh, guys over there for being in the fight. They get they were they're another one of the ones with um, Newsmax, right? That got whacked by uh, uh, Directv, I guess that that got cut off, yeah. which is uh, you know another problem for uh, for what's happening in the world right now. Take care. All right. Thanks. Ted Malik, everybody. Ted Malik. And uh, I'll put it again up on social media uh, and we will uh, cover that there. One America News, as well as Newsmax, pushed out of uh, DirecTV. But to One America News's uh, credit, uh, they're jumping back in. They've got a commentary page and they've got Ted Malik and they're not slowing down. So uh, good for them. And we will uh, take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the daily email and you will get updates on these uh, interviews with leaders like Ted Malik. Be right back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. John Schlafly joins us now here on the Pro-America Report to catch up on his weekly column. Well, now, Trump KOs GOP globalists. Trump KOs GOP globalists. I don't think when you wrote this, I went through it again a few moments ago, John, that you were talking about um, Mitch McConnell and his health. I don't think you meant to wish for a concussion when you were saying KO. And so I'm happy to see that you did not mention Mitch McConnell, who we hope has a swift recovery from a fall. He took, Yeah, I, I, you, you did point out up, John, I will say, I'll give you the credit. He fell at the Waldorf Astoria. I didn't initially realize uh, what that was. You did. 
Well, uh, what's now called the Waldorf Astoria in Washington, D.C., is what was the Trump International Hotel for 10 years. And right. you and I have uh, had some very happy times there when the Trump was in the White House. It was a magnificent place, but now that it's under new management, uh, that's where Mitch McConnell he... decided to hold a fundraiser <laughs> for his own private PAC, which is called the Senate Leadership Fund, that raised tens of millions of dollars, maybe $100 million, and had yet refused to spend it for Blake Masters in Arizona. Uh, which caused him to go down to defeat. So, well, I, I do. Mean, I take your point that when Trump ran that hotel, no one fell. There was no one falling and getting right. concussions. And no now one that the fell. Wall, and, <laughs> and now that the Waldorf historians are running it, it's chaos. It's chaos. And and of course, when you're 80 years old, as Mitch McConnell is, balance is an issue for older mm-hmm. people. And 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 that was, uh, of course, an antique, classic building. And there are places. They're a bit dangerous if you're unsteady on your feet, as because I've been there myself. So I feel sorry for Mitch, but you know, I also feel like um, oh, his time in leadership has been questionable. So you know, we move. We have to. Have to move on now. Keep moving. All right, now, John. In this piece, you, you, you and I, I'll go gently because I think you and I both would agree. Our home state senator, Missouri Senator Roy Blunt, now retired, has. Um, has done many good things, including um, very specific kindness to the late Phyllis Schlafly in, at, towards the end of her life and some of the things she was trying to accomplish. So I'm careful how to do it. On the other hand, it is striking. Um, he's been out of office for a, a few minutes. He's got an op-ed piece in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that basically takes uh, the wrong side of patents, in this case um, about basically empowering government bureaucrats to run our patent system in the favor generally of big tech and big business is how I would characterize it. Um, we don't know if he's working uh, for one of those entities in some way, formal, informal. But the example you have today is really striking. I mean, um, uh, Senator Toomey left office and he is now, well, walk us through it. He's now advocating these policies. I mean, it, 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 the revolving door is always striking. This one is really in terms of the vision for the country. Couldn't be a bigger contrast with uh, sort of where the Trump wing is going and Trump himself and the old guard. Well, Pat Toomey represents a certain type of conservatism. Uh, he was in the Club for Growth a uh, year before he even went to Congress, and now he's returned to uh, one of these hedge funds called Apollo, and uh, that's kind of his first love, let's be honest. Uh, and, uh, and of course, now that Biden has dropped his proposed budget, you can just see that the, the whole traditional Republican establishment will, you know, focus its attention on the budget. Now, the budget's important, but, you know, we've learned, you know, there there are, you know, we can't stop there. We've got some crucial issues in our country which are distinct from budgetary issues. We don't want to be those Republicans who spend all their time adding the numbers on taxes and budgets because they're, uh, that's missing the bigger picture in many ways. So with that said, yeah, keep you know, going, sorry. <clears throat> you know, as you say, uh, Pat Toomey and Roy Blunt both left the U.S. Senate uh, at the end of last year, and they have, uh, well, <laughs> uh, uh, all, all I can all I can say is we are we are encouraging some rising stars like uh, Missouri uh, Senator Josh Hawley, uh, you know. Congressman Andy Biggs and uh, 
So, you know, we're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly. His column, which runs this week, is uh, Trump uh, uh, KOs the GOP globalists, uh, particularly feeding off of uh, this, the notion of the club for growth, uh, which Pat Toomey led and uh, and has now really been uh, um uh, out there sort of against Trump, uh, not sort of against Trump, but John, I'd, I'd, I'd draw, draw a broader well, picture. Well, he did vote against Trump, and so yeah. let's not forget that. Yeah. He's yeah. on the second impeachment. Yeah. Uh, so but that's, John, that's, that's, that should, yeah. But John, a broader, a broader description of this moment, I think, is, is, is an interest. Um, the, the, um, the characterization of the, of the conservative movement was that, um, uh, before Ronald Reagan, this is all a bit too um, too black and white, but let's just go with it. Before Ronald Reagan and the sort of and and the late Phyllis Schlafly, the conservative movement was anti-communist and therefore for a strong military, uh, you know, in the Cold War era, and for the defense of the free market capitalist system and per and property rights against again the world communist movement. But by the seventies, in part because of your mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly, and Ronald Reagan is often described as the political uh, face. Of it, you added the third leg of the stool, which was social issues, pro-life, pro-family, uh, four things. I- I'd move us all the way forward and say you've got now instead of a three-legged stool, you've got a four-legged chair. I don't know. And the new one is some sort of notion of America first and government being sort of uh, effective for the we the people, meaning using tariffs and using government policies to incentivize behavior and being more explicitly less libertarian and more explicitly for policies that are empowering we, the people. I, and, and to me, to me is out of the school that wants to go back and, and, and thinks it'll somehow all equal out in the end. If we have great, great uh, carried interest and great open borders. Well, um, I think everyone alive today, really, you know, who grew up after the end of the Second World War, uh, we are confronting a new reality that never has never existed before in any of our lifetime, which is the United States is no longer the single world dominant economy and superpower. And that requires rethinking a lot of our, you know, our go-to ideas. And no, we cannot have free trade with China. That's just a total non-starter. Uh, we, we are at an economic war, not, not a shooting war, but an economic war with the People's Republic. And the fact that, yes, it's communist, but the reality is it's, uh, it is an economy the size of ours, which is checking our economic growth through just through its economic, it's massive economic power. And we have to confront that and fight it. So, and that does set a challenge to the libertarian free trade ideology that many of us grew up with. That there's no place in that ideology for the reality of the United States versus China in the world a trading system. John, are you are you are you willing to get all the way to this point that um uh, you know at we're we're um the famous uh, title of the book your late mother wrote a choice not an echo captured the idea are we going to do you know an echo of the past or are we going to have a real choice going forward I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure well uh, that feels like this election I mean if the Republican Party lurches back towards um, the old you know positions. 
I think they become a not just a minority party. I think they become a party that that can only win, you know, 10 or 15 states and they and they lose the popular vote dramatically, um, as opposed to this idea of, of a real choice going forward. I guess my question is, is there a real realignment going on in one of the two major parties, the Republican Party, or is it uh, just one man? And if they can beat him back, that's the end of it. Well, the real, uh, you know, certainly a realignment uh, uh, with Donald Trump in 2016, but I, it's hanging by a thread, I think, because if Trump is defeated uh, for you know, in 2024, I think the whatever happened in 2016 will be forgotten. So mm. uh, we'll have to start all over again don't really have another candidate who can step into Trump's shoes right now. You know, maybe someone will emerge in another decade, but we're, we're not there yet. So I'd say it's, we, it's Trump. It's got to be Trump. All right. Well, John isn't anyone else. Yeah. John Schlafly, as always, the Schlafly report runs over townhall.com on Tuesday evenings and also is archived at phyllisschlafly.com. John and Andy Schlafly write a weekly column this week says Trump KOs GOP globalists. Thank you, as always, John. We'll talk again next week. Thank you, Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When graduate student Brian Christopher Koberger was arrested on charges of killing four innocent college students in Idaho, the media portrayed this crime as an isolated, deranged act by one loner, whose true motive remains unknown. In fact, the suspect was enrolled in graduate school and employed by nearby Washington State University, where he was working as a teaching assistant at the time of the murders. A 28-year-old man needs a real job to stay on track towards becoming a productive contributor to society. Yet higher education consists of many programs that do not teach a marketable skill or put students on a responsible career path. The system of handouts for those who pursue higher education enabled Koberger to develop oddities such as reportedly preferring not to eat a meal that was cooked in pots or pans previously used to cook meat. Meanwhile, drug use among many grad students is generally prevalent, as has been mentioned recently on a Reddit website. In addition to its dubious graduate program in criminology, in which Koberger was enrolled, Washington State University features advanced degrees in many fields lacking enough jobs in the private sector. Anthropology, athletic training, educational psychology, and experimental psychology are among the fields that should not be awarding advanced degrees at taxpayer expense. Most graduate programs are funded by government largesse. Koberger was likely funded by taxpayers as he allegedly went on a killing spree a few miles away from his campus. Koberger's pursuit of a degree in criminology is no condemnation of all criminology studies. Yet this case of a government-funded graduate student allegedly killing four people should make us give pause to the idea of pouring unnecessary funding into certain fields of study. Unlike what the left would have you believe, more money is not always the solution. In fact, this may be an example where more taxpayer funding contributed to considerable real-world harm. Let's put a stop to this harmful practice. If a young person believes that a criminology degree is right for him, let him get a job and pay for it. That's the true American way. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height stepping into the booth here for Mr. Ed Martin. I just had a very few minutes here at the end of the show. Ed asked me to wrap up for him, and I actually wanted to bring along a window uh, as opposed to the wink, the what you need to do, um, and it kind of relates to our wink, uh, the what you need to know here at the beginning of the program, which let me go ahead and remind you, uh, if you haven't already, go over to ProAmericaReport.com. Not only can you get all of Ed's uh, podcasts and the standalone segments, but up there at the top of that website, ProAmericaReport.com, you will see a little banner that asks for your name and email. Go ahead and type that in. Give it to us. Uh, Again, like Ed always says, we promise we're not going to sell it, share it, trade it. Uh, That is not what we're in it for. We send a few emails, uh, at least one a day, and they're really short, and it tells you some very key things that you need to know. We try to make it uh, nice and truncated for you because there's just always so much chaos out there. We want you to know what's important and what matters and why it matters, not just bombard you with information or ads. So go go to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up for that. But what occurred to me this week, it, it kind of is the same thing as that we heard in, in the wink here at the beginning of the show with Ed. It was a good guy win down in Florida. Uh, Florida Attorney General Moody, uh, she secured a huge win in federal court uh, against the Biden uh, administration's lawlessness at the border. Their complete ignoring of how immigration and border security laws uh, ought to work. What's in place? They've just done whatever they wanted, and uh, as a result, it's created. As a result, it has created this incredible humanitarian crisis at the border by just completely ignoring the laws that are on the books and not enforcing the laws that are on the books. And uh, good for her, Attorney General Moody, uh, down in Florida, getting a federal judge to agree with her and actually to come out pretty strongly and give the Biden administration, what, seven days, I think it is, uh, seven days to comply, to bring their actions and their law enforcement uh, back into uh, good standing with the laws that are on the books. Good for him. Good for Florida's attorney general. Good for this federal district judge. Now, I tell you what, that raises the what you need to do, what I need to do, what we all need to do is something that's very, very key to uh, Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and which I know Ed talks about that. That's our day job here. Uh, and our old boss, Phyllis Schlafly, uh, she had uh, a little bit of a bone to pick uh, with a lot of conservatives, with a lot of good uh, pro-Americans. And I think it's one that we need to keep reminding ourselves of. Uh, she said uh, often that people are really good at holding uh, bad guys' feet to the fire especially when it comes to members of Congress, to government agents. Uh, We're really good at holding their feet to the fire when they do something wrong. We're really good at uh, speaking up and making sure they know when we know you've done something wrong. But all too often we forget the other equally important action, which is to praise and thank the good guys when they get it right. They need to hear our encouragement. They need to know that what they're doing is being seen. It's being heard. We are feeling it. And we want them to keep 
going. And we've had a week just full of good things out of the good guy side of the aisle. Uh, the people who are actually fighting, and make no mistake, I'm not even talking about Republican versus Democrat. I am talking about the people who are fighting for principle over party. The people who are fighting for the people over the establishment, the elite ruling class. Uh, those folks have had some incredible wins. Uh, look no further than Tucker Carlson, who has uh, released all of this incredible footage that has just broken the back of the January 6th uh, hoax of this narrative that the fake news media and big government through Nancy Pelosi and her sham select committee have spun up for us for these last two years, just a little bit of time, two or three weeks into this footage. And then two or three nights on TV, Tucker Carlson breaks the back of some of the main lies that have been perpetuated over and over again. It is absolutely related to Kevin McCarthy following through on his promise to make those tapes public, giving them to the Tucker's team. Uh, and, and again, I echo what Ed has said all week. Make them public, completely public. Put the whole thing out there, all of the tapes, and then let it be known. You could accuse Tucker or anyone else of doing their own selective editing. But guess what? If the tapes are public, we can connect it, uh, connect the dots and uh, go back and look and see is someone actually leaving out context or are they doing something funny or not? We can check it all. Put all the tapes out there. But uh, Tucker's investigation is absolutely a uh, the fruit of Kevin McCarthy's following his promises. Um, if you haven't uh, paid attention, there's been a lot of good stuff going on in Congress. The oversight committees and the different uh, Homeland Security, uh, all of the good places where we can get some actual oversight out of Congress, they can operate their checks and balances. Uh, those groups have been doing their job. Uh, you might have seen some uh, odd videos from congressional committees. They've been traveling around the country, actually, hosting, what do they call it, field, uh, field hearings, I think. I forget the actual name or the official name that they ascribe to them. But um, they've been traveling around hearing testimony from people, going out to the people, not staying up in the ivory tower of Congress in D.C. And they have been actually getting into the meat of some really needed investigations. They have followed through. And again, the leadership in these different committees is there. Thank you to Kevin McCarthy for fulfilling his promise made to the Freedom 20. I will install these you know, folks on committees, he said. He agreed. He did it. And now... We are getting the fruit of that uh, promise fulfilled. We are getting the action that comes from Kevin McCarthy doing what he said he would do. And we're getting the action that comes from these gentlemen uh, and these uh, women from Congress, uh, the men and women who said this is what we will do uh, if we are given this opportunity in, in committee. They're doing it. Uh, we are seeing good guy wins all over the place especially out of Congress right now, especially out of the House right now. Uh, Josh Hawley had a big win in the Senate. Actually, both sides, um, I saw there's a huge uh, bipartisan vote moving forward, declassifying information around the whole uh, origins, the lab uh, that originated COVID-19. There is good stuff happening. There are bold men and women who are in elected office who are getting it done. And guess what? Just like we are very good as Americans at letting the bad folks know that we don't like what they're doing, we need to be good at letting the good guys know you are doing well and we see it. So whether it's Josh Hawley and his investigations uh, into the uh, declassification of, of, of all things COVID-19 origin, whether it's the House committees, whether it's Kevin McCarthy, whether it's uh, Florida Attorney General Moody, uh, it is time to make sure that we are jumping in there and letting the good guys know, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for sticking to your guns. Thank you for using your office the way it ought to be used for we the people and not against we the people. Thank you. So that's what I want you to do. And that's what I'm going to go do. We need all of us to hop on 
to make sure that we are uh, finding the right phone numbers to call, the right offices uh, to email, and to tell them, thank you, we see your good work. Thank you for doing what you said you would do and following through on the promises that you made. So let's remember, we need to praise the good guys. Uh, Praise the good guys. And then on that note, closing out the show, uh, let me say thank you uh, to the fellow uh, good guys that I work with here, uh, to Mr. Ed Martin, who always does a wonderful job leading us through um, these shows each and every day throughout the week. Uh, Ed is just always a really good uh, interviewer and really good at getting different people on and getting good perspectives. We're thankful for his leadership on the show. Noah, uh, who is our wonderful technical director um, and who I get to do some production stuff with. Uh, Noah's always got stuff. uh, All the trains keep moving on track and on time. Thanks to Noah. Uh, the audio wizard, <laughs> as I like to uh, joke with him that he is. And uh, then just to all of the good guests, uh, there's a lot of good information that comes out of this show. I'm very grateful to be a part of it um, because not only do I get to work here in the background, but I get to hear it first. And I'm always excited because it it uh, definitely feeds the things that I need to know and what I need to do and informs me moving forward uh, as an American that just like you, I need to uh, know certain things and then I need out to uh, need to get out and do certain things. So uh, go forward and do it. Go thank the good guys. Go have a good weekend with your family. Uh, Go uh, read a few things, read some books, read some articles, and then remember, uh, thank the good guys for their good work. We appreciate y'all joining us again. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. You'll find all the past uh, articles, all the past uh, podcasts, and all the past uh, segments there. And we will look forward to a whole week of them, a whole week of new ones next week. Thank you so much, and we will see you uh, next time here on the Pro America Report. Have a good weekend, everybody. The Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.